1: From wherever you happen to be, it's the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. And now, here's your host, curator of the hall, Jamie Dew.
2: We're just going to let them twinkle on in there because it's nice when they do that, when they twinkle on in there, you know? I like it. My name is Jamie Dew. I am your host and curator for the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for checking us out. And if this is your first time checking us out, well, uh, welcome and congratulations for finding us. Uh, If you're a regular, I love that you're back. I think that's great. But for all of you, please. Wipe your feet before you enter the hallowed grounds of the SNL Hall of Fame. So what we do here on the show is weekly we check in with a guest who brings with them either a cast member, a host, a musical guest, or a writer to add to the SNL Hall of Fame ballot. And they do that by building the case for that candidate to be welcomed or included in the SNL Hall of Fame. once. All 30 candidates have been added to the ballot. Then we will open up voting on April 25th and you will vote. If your candidate uh, that you have voted for receives 66% or greater, uh, 66.6% or greater uh, in the voting, they will be enshrined in the SNL Hall of Fame. So how exciting is that? That's pretty cool. That's pretty damn cool. And we've got a lot planned for the next few weeks as we wind on down the road. Maybe some twists and turns, some surprises, we shall wait and see. So that's the show. That's what we do here. And this week, no exception. This week, we are talking about hosts. And we are, you know, when you talk about hosts and you came up during a certain point in SNL history, the the name John Goodman is absolutely pivotal uh goodman appeared as a host on snl virtually if not every year in the 1990s and beyond Uh, i believe at this point he's the third or fourth most tenured host uh on the show we do get into some numbers in the podcast and uh, i hope i have those for you but um Yeah. uh, And we're joined by a really great guest, uh, Dave Voigt, who's been on the show before. He is the publisher of uh, over at InTheSeats.ca. If you're a film buff, uh, a great place to visit. Also a podcast uh, outlet. Dave hosts a podcast there as well. And he's just a great guest. He's thoughtful, he's articulate, and he, you know, does a, does a great job of, you know, sort of filling in the blanks where they need to be filled in. So that's what we've got this week. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So let's just jump right into the podcast. This is me and Dave Voigt talking about John Goodman and why he belongs in the SNL Hall of Fame. Have to say about John Goodman?
3: Well, I mean, I think you just summed it up. I think by volume alone, he uh, he is more than worthy of being uh, an entry into the Hall of Fame because, I mean, especially during that period, uh, it was. I mean, I don't want to say post Roseanne, but it was definitely in that period where he was sort of starting to branch out a little more and being much more than just the husband on Roseanne. And he was really starting to come into his own. I mean, you could make an argument that, you know, as Linda Tripp or as the church lady's mother, he, you know, deserves to be (laughs) in the Hall of Fame just for those. But he really did. He was one of, I think, maybe I don't want to say the first, but maybe at least for our generation, the first sort of recurring celebrity that we remember. Because there was always a period, especially in Saturday Night Live, where the cameos always felt special and very sort of few and far between. But more and more, there were people who wanted to come back and there were people who wanted to participate. And it felt... Very much like a a creative outlet for a lot of these people, just to to jump in and show up. If you know, oh, is so and so in town? We need an impression of so and so. Okay, call. You know, give him a call. He'll do it. And John really felt like that kind of person, especially during that time period.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he not only hosted thirteen times, he guested eleven times on top of that. Yeah. So that is like substantial, and you're right. He's got these bookends of doing guest stints as Linda Tripp. And then on the back end of his career, or, or more more recently on SNL, the Rex Tillerson stuff.
3: That's right, yeah. He,
2: he did. So, I mean, he's been embroiled in the political cold opens, Um, you know, basically from the beginning up until now. And then every reoccurring sketch that you can think of from the 90s era, from like the Carvey... Myers, Love era, through Sandler, Spade, Farley, into, you know, the darker um the darker area, and then up through into the Will Farrell area. Yeah. Um every reoccurring sketch. Bill Brasky. Oh
1: my have you fellas ever worked with a guy by the name of Bill Brasky? Bill, Bill Brasky. Brasky. Yeah. Sure have. And I tell you one thing, Bill Brasky is a son of a bitch. best damn salesman in the office. You know he goes about six un, uh, six foot eight, three hundred and forty pounds. Yes. Did I ever tell you about the time <laughs> Bill Brasky forced me to wear a woman's bikini around the office? Oh God, I love this story. <laughs> and I'd love to have sex with your wife. <laughs> anyway, Brasky tears off my clothes and makes me wear this skimpy bikini. (laughs) For the next three months, I had to conduct all my business wearing a woman's bathing suit. (laughs) Cry from shame and question my manhood daily. But at the end of the quarter, I'll be damned if my sales hadn't tripled. To (laughs) Bill 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 Brasky! Did I ever tell you I had my gallbladder removed? Well, who the freak has (laughs) no drop? Anyways, I'm on the operating table. Right before I'm about to go under, (sighs) I look up and I see Brasky. Wearing a surgical gown and drinking a bottle of Captain Morgan's Spice. Oh, that stuff is delicious. It certainly is. (laughs) You know, I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) So I wake up in my hospital room. Brasky's there going through my wallet and says, Ted, I put a trumpet inside you. (laughs) He leaned over. Put his lips on my wound and plays the most beautiful version of Caravan you'd ever heard. <laughs> to, to, to Bill Braski. He goes about seven, Tim five nine. My He'll God. eat a homeless person if you dare him. Hey, are you guys talking about Bill Brasky? We yeah. certainly are. I know Bill Braski. Then let me buy you a round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ah the boy, Hank. Yeah. Now hey, 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 listen up. You know, uh, you gentlemen know how I like to steal loose change and valuables from your houses whenever I'm over. <sighs> anyway, here's a brasky story. brasski <laughs> <Horror to God>. store. <sighs> One time I asked Brasky to dress up like Santa for a Christmas party I was throwing for my children. You know Jacob and Christine. Sure, they're dumb as rocks and they always have dirty faces. Yep. That's them. That's them. Well, Brasky shows up at Santa, reaches into his bag, and says, I've got goodies for you, kids. He proceeds to hand out scrap metal and cigarettes to them. Then he takes off his beard and says, there's no Santa, cause I ate him! Brasky's a son of a bitch! Boom, boom, You know Brasky goes about nine foot eight, seven hundred and ninety pounds. Oh, you know he sheds his skin once a year? I once saw him scissor kick Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about oh, the time that I went horseback riding with Brasky? But there weren't any horses around. Hey, silver soda. Make that four. Yeah. Well, Brasky throws a saddle on my back and rides me. Uh, Oh, easy uh, there, Hank. uh, There's no scotch in that glass. uh, He throws a saddle on me and rides me around Wyoming for three days. Well, wouldn't you know it? My stamina increases with each day, and I develop tremendous leg muscles. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah, tremendous leg muscle. So anyway, lasting decides to enter me in the breeder's cup, right? Under the name Turkish Delight. And I'm running in second place, and I'm running, and I break my ankle. (laughs) So anyway, they're about to shoot me. Then someone from the crowd yells out, God bless him, don't shoot him, he's a human. Hey, I lost money on you. Hey, I like you a lot! I like you too! No. Hey, is this guy gonna hurt me? No, no, no he likes no. you! He I likes like you! Whoa. You know, he jumped off the Empire State yeah. Building this one time and he only sprained his ankle. Like an alligator, he can fully digest a turtle shell. His favorite TV movie is The Boy in the Plastic Bubble starring John Travolta's. He'll yeah. gorg Hulkins and figin lock Gentlemen, I'm the new bartender. Who wants a cocktail?
2: other ones off the top of my head now um didn't he do De Niro
3: like we didn't use did De Niro yeah. on the
2: Joe Pesci show yeah
3: right?
2: he he did the last call sketch with Kate McKinnon um, that's right yeah so I mean he's done he's he's appeared with like everybody at this point
3: and I mean when you go through his CV especially like, when was his first appearance on, um, I want to say, 95 or 96 on SNL? 89. 89. Okay. Was, so, his first yeah. appearance was 89. But, I yeah. mean, when you look at sort of his mid, uh, mid-90s, or early to mid-90s sort of career arc, I mean, obviously, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be the Flintstones of the world that, you know, not necessarily yeah. the most desirable things, but... He was doing stuff like matinee. He was doing stuff like The Babe. He was he was in arachnophobia. He was he was in Sea of Love. I mean, he was really sort of making a point of developing a very kind of diverse background and not sort of being the guy who just did one sort of thing. And I mean, even if you go back to like the late 90s, you know, with Lebowski and him being Walter and just having these sort of... This almost—I I don't want to say knack because that's a lazy word—but he really felt like he was almost a sort of that you know breaking case of emergency celebrity that the show needed, and he could develop comedic roles outside of SNL because of the amazing work that he did on on SNL.
2: That's interesting to think about when you put it that way. Because, I mean, he was Dan Connor, yeah. From 88 to 97, so quite a run uh, on that show. He could have coasted. He could have, you know, made his, you know, nice salary doing Dan Connor on ABC, but instead he, you know, would go to New York every year and being a host on SNL is not an easy job.
3: No, it's not.
2: You know, if you, if you want to um, go full bore and stay up with them and be part of the writing process. And my impression is, is that something that he enjoyed doing, like he, he liked being hands-on. And I think that those hosts tend to be the best hosts, the ones that want to be part of the process and part of the hands-on. Um, but, but the fact that he didn't, uh, you know, just coast on his, his number 1 sitcom um you know he was an actor in the number 1 sitcom on television and he didn't coast on that is is huge
3: and i mean i like i don't think he works with the cohens or he works with scorsese without doing snl you know what i mean it it really felt really? like i you know i'm kind of of that mindset because i mean like you almost I mean I love him in the bay but you almost think he got cast cuz just of his physical stature. It's sure. and it's not one of those movies that, you know, it's a good movie but it doesn't necessarily sort of pop for me.
2: It's fine. Sure. Yeah, it's just fine. But I mean <laughs> and I love baseball.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and I mean he like he had a small role in Raising Arizona and he like he had done some stuff, but it, there was never anything that it really feels like Obviously Roseanne was his big break, but being able to do SNL really felt like it gave him more of a diversified outlook in life, if that makes sense. Because I mean sure. it is such a it is such a meat grinder of a schedule, and I mean it's gotta it's gotta force the creativity out of you, which I could imagine that you know, some of these more prolific directors out there in the world making different stuff want out of people that they're going to work with. They don't want people who are coming in just for the job. They want collaborators. I think SNL develops collaborators as opposed to just performers.
2: Oh, wow. That's yeah, that's great. And uh, I would say he's definitely showing his, his guesting chops, you know, game for that as well.
3: Oh, for sure, because, I mean, he, especially, you know, well after Roseanne, I mean, you know, a few episodes of The West Wing here, a couple episodes there, or a spot, a small part in this movie here. And there's always, there There seems to be a wide array, there seems, it feels like there was a wide array of options for him after he sort of became ensconced as, I don't want to say an SNL regular, but sort of but someone put, they couldn't rely no way on. way to put it, he was. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and you're right, he was.
2: He's royalty at this point. Yeah. Like he could show up tomorrow on tomorrow's episode and he hasn't been there in seven years, but it would be important. It would be important because he's John Goodman, who basically was on every year of the 90s.
3: (laughs) No, he could walk in. Yeah, he could walk in next Friday and go, hey, I'm in town for a few days. Got anything for, for me to do? And they'll write him a sketch.
2: Well, the holiday season is upon us once again, and that means a lot more time with family. Here to talk about his family is our own drunk uncle.
4: You know what I mean.
2: (laughs) So, (laughs) Drunk Uncle, I have to ask, are you excited for Christmas?
4: (laughs) How can I be, Seth? You know, these kids today, they don't even leave Santa milk and cookies anymore. You know, they just leave them almond milk and Instagram crackers. (laughs) You know, everything happens so fast now, Seth. You know, one second it's Halloween, and you know, and the next second it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Arbor Day, 4th of July, Christmas again! Feliz <laughs> Navi, don't. All right.
1: all right. drunk alcohol, let's calm down here.
4: Come on, I mean, these kids, today, uh, all they care about is, is this tinsel grass-fed? <laughs> can, you put, can you put some quinoa in my spin class, please? <laughs> Ooh, PS4, Xbox One, PS4, Xbox One, Humanity Zero. Plus, we got Black Friday now. Barf! Wasn't February enough? Shut <laughs> 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 up. <laughs> Healthcare.gov. Healthcare.gov. <laughs> That website is like my wife Linda. It doesn't work and it's full of complaints.
1: (laughs) Come on now, drunk uncle. Yeah,
4: steal cable! (laughs) What? Where's the justice, Seth? You know, a reindeer runs over grandma, he gets his own song. Drunk uncle runs over one nativity scene and he has to change churches. (laughs) Lesbians. Get out of my glass and into my mouth. Get in the backseat, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh,
4: oh, drunk uncle. So, I'm not a miracle on 34th Street, okay? Oh, yeah. So, I don't have a corn cob pipe and a blind <laughs> nose, okay? So, we'll never.
2: That's not me. Okay. <laughs> drunk Uncle, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think you're a little too drunk. I'm
4: drunk? You should see my uncle. <laughs> you're
1: yeah. yeah. That's right. Drunker Uncle. That's Drunker right. Uncle. That's right. I got one more drink and 30 more nephews. <laughs> <laughs> Get, Get out of my, my
4: glass and into, into my, my mouth. Glass. Get your maxi, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All I want for Christmas is my two neighbors not to be Chinese anymore. <laughs> and and I'll tell you something else. He's not my pole. <laughs> oh boy. Hey <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seth. Yeah. We got a
4: joke for you. Okay.
1: Why is Santa so dumb? Hmm? I don't know why. Because he's North Polish. <laughs> no, <all right. laughs> all right. Seth. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. hey.
4: Yeah. What is hey. it? Hey. Hey. Hey, hey. What is it? Hey, hey, yes. hey, Seth. Yeah. Hey.
1: Yes. This is our last Christmas together.
4: Aw. Aw, uh, drunk uncle. <gasps> Come here. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Stay on your side of the desk, fancy all pants.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding.
4: All all right, right. I love you, drunk uncle.
2: Be, uh it would be a lot of fun for them. Um, I was really interested in um a bit of research that I found along the way is that uh he actually auditioned for Gene Domanian's um 1980 eighty one SNL season. So he auditioned with up and coming comedians, um Jim Carrey, Paul Rubens, and Robert Townsend.
3: Did and, didn't he uh, Didn't he? Didn't he audition with people like Piscopo as well?
2: Uh, he would. He, he probably would have because Piscopo would have got would have got the call. Yeah, like Piscopo would have made it, and he didn't.
3: It, it makes you wonder if how the world would be different if John Goodman had gotten the Joe Piscopo role <laughs> in, in Saturday Night Live history.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. That's an alternate universe I could, uh, I could stand to visit. <laughs> well, what, um, what are some key sketches you think of when you think of, uh, when you think of John? Well, I mean, I th- key monologue monologue moments or anything. I
3: like I mean, I think Linda Tripp is probably one of the big ones. Just, I mean, I think that was, especially during that time period. I think it was sort of the birth, at least personally, of being more politically aware and sort of understanding you know sort of what political satire was and, and sort of how that all evolved i mean i think linda tripp was probably the big one for me but i mean i always have fond memories of him as church lady's mother as well i thought that was hilarious i thought he played off dana carvey so well in those moments
2: gosh he did drunk uncle as well he did drunk uncle with um with Bobby Moynihan on the Weekend Update Oh, that's as well. right, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's done, he's, honestly, he's done a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, I would be shocked to not see him go in on a first ballot, but it's been a while as well, you know? He hasn't been on since 2013, True. Yeah. So that could that could trip him up, but he's definitely an amazing nominee and uh, I think you've brought to light why he should be in the SNL Hall of Fame. So when it comes time to vote, uh maybe consider that.
3: Vote. Vote your heart, people. That's right. <laughs> All
2: right. Thanks, man. right that's it for another week here on the snl hall of fame podcast i really want to thank my guest dave voigt if you want to check out him more you can find uh everything you need to find at in the seats.ca he is the publisher over there there's a lot of great writers and um you should really check out and support dave's work other than that that's what i've got for you this week We're back next week again with a brand new episode, Musical Guest. You're going to love it. It's a great episode. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to share it with you. So there's that. So with that, I'm going to ask a favor as you walk on out the door. Could you please turn out the lights? Because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL
1: Hall of Fame podcast. You can find everything you need to know about the show at snlhof.com. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcast. This is Doug Danant saying, This is Doug Danant saying, See you next month in the hall.
2: some such.